maximize your sense of aliveness, gain new perspectives on health, your body, and the meaning of life. You can control your physiology and how you feel in your body in this moment. Your life will never be the same. This is the Vitality Podcast with Andrea Page. Beautiful. So, I know we're in this big fancy hotel and we're in chairs and all of this, but uh, the true essence of our humanity is connection. And uh, often these fancy things and these appearances might deter us more than bring us together. And the work I do is work of, of really union and, and communion and coming together. And so that's not only with each other. And that's why I had you meet each other at the beginning, to just know that you're in a space with other people who are curious about this stuff. Because what we're doing, <coughs> I'm taking my own breath away. <coughs> what we're doing is we're waking up. We're waking up to say, okay, how society normally works, yeah? Whether it's in India or whether it's in Europe or whether it's in North America, it's not going so well. <laughs> Does anyone disagree with that? Yeah, like it's just, I mean, the rates of disease today are escalating higher than they've ever been before, right? People are getting sicker more than ever. And in general, people's day-to-day -day feeling isn't so great. Yeah. And so the work that I do more than anything is to raise the bar on health. My mission is to help people understand that what you perceive as healthy is in itself a bit limited and that there's so much more to health because we commonly define health as living without disease. Have you, have you heard that or talked about that? I'm not sick, so I'm healthy. Like, at least I have my health, that kind of thing. But it's not actual health that you're then referring to. Because I truly believe that there's a vitality inside of all of us that is our birthright. And this is the prana part of the lecture. This vitality, you'll remember it from when you were a child. Do you remember when you were six or seven years old? You woke up in the morning and you got out of bed and you said, yes! What can I do today? Or maybe you have children <laughs> who do that to you all the time. Well, that vitality is not something that died when you hit puberty. It's not something, welcome, uh, that went away with adolescence. It's still inside of you. The thing is, though, that today we have so many layers, obstacles, whether it's our job or our mother or our finances or whatever it is, that's on top of us, kind of shrouding us or, or keeping that vitality less easy to get in touch with. A lot of times it's taking in external stimulants. If that's coffee, anyone? Coffee addiction? Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, chai addiction? <laughs> I have to tailor it to the country. Okay, great. Uh, so that kind of necessity, thinking that you need something, is inherently disempowering. And this is, this is what I teach at, at the core. The whole idea, oh, I need to eat. The whole idea of, oh, I can't talk to you until I have my coffee. Right? Do you see how that's making you weaker as a human? And yet everything I do from the root, from the essence, is based upon the understanding that you don't need anything at all. That, that rather, you already have everything that you could ever need. And so when we embrace that, and it's just an idea now, 
right? That's why we're holding a, a retreat over the next three days, because that's when the idea goes from here to here, and that's when things start to really be embodied. And I would say probably more than anything, that's why the work I do works. Has anyone ever done some kind of lifestyle change? I know we were talking before, like people have even fasted before, and then they go back to their old habits. Who has habits? Are you being honest with me? I think everyone's hands should be up. I mean, even I have habits. I was recently interviewed for a magazine and they asked me, can you just show us that everyone is human and, and tell us some of your vices and your bad habits? And I was like, like, I live a very, very clean life because the stuff I teach, this is my life. I teach lifestyle and so thus my, my job is my life. There is no separation, you see that? And so I was like, bad habits. Chick flicks? <laughs> like, I couldn't think of anything, There's, you know? And yet, we do have bad habits. I, I think I ended up thinking of something. I don't remember what it is now. You can read the article. It's probably in there. But in general, we as humans today have gotten ourselves into coping patterns. Anyone emotional eating? Let's be honest. Yeah, I love you. I love this crowd up here at the front. I love that honesty. How liberating is that to just be like, yeah, I've experienced that in my human life because that's, that's the essence of our humanity. And, and so often we go around, let's say, pretending that we are someone, trying to be someone, trying to show up in a certain way, right? hiding all the things that we think are ugly. And yet that is the separation that is the greatest myth of this human incarnation. And so the work I do is, is holistic in, in beyond the medicine level, right? It's, it's bringing up a vibration of honesty and a resonance to really understand that this life, you were born into it for a reason, and this body is something that's a gift. And we can learn to take care of it. In, in a very important way, because it's, it's a little bit like you were given a Maserati or a Lamborghini, this beautiful race car, and then you took it out and you never read the user's manual. <laughs> and so a lot of the work I do is simply to be a translator for your body, to communicate the user manual, so that you understand, okay, why am I feeling like this? Or what did I eat yesterday or the day before? How much sleep did I get? Or have I been outside today? Or I, simple, simple things that you know, but you know them here. And when I say the work I do is embodied, it's taking that knowing from here to here and to here. And when we embody it, that's when the decisions that we make change. So even though you have those habits, when you can have consciousness over the habits, all of a sudden you start to make different choices. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Yeah? All right. So we'll have some time at the, at the end for questions. Harsh will wave when we have 15 minutes left. And I'll make sure to stop. And so save your questions for then, because I tend to get on uh, tangents on my own. And <laughs> so if people ask questions, then I just go all over the place. But with this understanding of raising the bar on health, no longer will we sit here and say, oh, I'm not sick, so I'm healthy, even though I take a few medi medications. Anyone on medications can't consider themselves healthy. That's a pretty bold statement to make. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, that's right there. And so a lot of the work I do in lifestyle change makes the medications obsolete. 
It makes them no longer needed. And of course, this is done in a very responsible way. It's not like you just stop taking your medications, but allowing your body to function naturally, this is health. Empowering your body to heal itself. This is balance. Balance, health, same. And so by raising the bar on health, saying, I don't choose to believe that health is just living without disease. Instead, I'm going to believe in a maximized vitality, in a potential for wellness that's beyond anything that I've ever experienced. And that is what the practice of fasting gives us. Because remember, we talked about the obstacles and all the things shrouding and covering, right? And holding us down and holding us back. Well, the practice of fasting is essentially getting rid of all of those and allowing what we are, what's already inside of you, to shine. And so I told the team last night that uh, about a year ago after I came back, I've just come from Rishikesh, uh, where I was sitting in satsang daily. And the essence of satsang, as I'm sure many of you know, is to awaken right, that, that memory of the oneness inside of you. So that it's, it's an experience, it's an embodied feeling. Right? It's not a knowing, it's not intellectual, it's not the mind, right? it's this knowing. That's what I do on the level of health. Because if that knowing about how your body is supposed to work, if that can be awakened, then that is what changes your decisions. Your mind and knowing what's good and bad for you won't really ever change your decisions in a healthy way. Right? Who knows that fried food is bad for you? Who still eats fried food? Yeah, okay, point made, huh? Yeah? And so what I do in, in the paradigm, do we want to take fried food as an example? Let's use fried food as an example. So fried food, for example, right? the reason that it's quote unquote bad for you is because the oil, when it's cooked in such a way, the molecular structure was originally like this, if it were cold pressed from a plant, if it came from a fruit or a seed or wherever it came from, all right? The molecular structure is like this. You take it to hot, hot temperatures, the molecular structure goes, <laughs> it tangles. And so that molecular structure then is unrecognizable by the human body. Anything unrecognizable by the human body then in turn is seen as a toxin as a little bit of a threat, if you will. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I mean, let alone the amount of concentrated fats in one place, you know, let's not even go there, but this is why f fried food, quote unquote, is bad for you because your body doesn't recognize it. It's like eating plastic. Anyone eat plastic? <laughs> I didn't think so. And yet, you s well, actually, you might because now in China, they're producing rice. <laughs> that's made out of plastic. So check your rice, right? Only eat Indian organic rice. <laughs> um, so does that make sense? Yeah. When we know that, we understand why it's bad for us, not just that it's bad for us. And moreover, let's say you finish a fast, you're feeling fantastic, I'll give you a whole program on what to eat after the three-day cleanse, and then you're feeling like, woo, I feel like that six-year-old again, I feel great my system's clear, I'm in line, and then someone offers you some fried food, right? And you have all of these old addictions and these old habits and this old desire. And the reason that you love fried food so much, let me tell you that, the reason you love it is because it's so many calories in one concentration. And your, your reptile brain 
doesn't understand the difference between fried food, right, or a durian. It's not like a, a fresh food that has a lot of calories like that. And so both of them ignite this response of, I'm going to survive. I will live another day. We still have that wired in to the reptile brain. And so if we say, okay, I'm going to survive, what happens in the chemistry of the brain is a straight hit of dopamine. Same thing that happens when someone snorts cocaine. Yeah, you eat pizza, you eat french fries, whatever it is. So that creates addiction. And so just by knowing that, you can start to recircuit your relationship with these foods. So that's why you love fried food, by the way. Anyway, going on, after the fast, right, after the cleansing period, you'll feel great, whatever, someone offers you the fried food. That's where we were. They offer you the fried food, and you say, just, just a little bit, just, just a little bit, right? Well, that little bit, now that your body's clean, it's going to actually feel the effect that that food has on the body. And so then you eat the fried food, right? You have the dopamine hit. It feels good in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then later you're like, oh, I really have a tummy ache. <laughs> well, right there, you've embodied the effect that this food has upon you. So just in the example of fried food, so far we figured out why, quote unquote, fried food is bad for you. Secondly, we've looked at the response that the body has, the reaction. And then thirdly, it's experiential. You have to go through the cleansing process, a fasting process, and then add it in at the end and you'll notice the effect it has on your body. And that, more than anything, is what will make you not really interested the next time someone comes up with a plate of fried food. Hey, you want some? You might say, no, thank you. You enjoy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a, my doctor said this, or, or no, that's bad for you. You shouldn't eat that. Or I choose not to eat that. You see all of these things. So what I do is I give, I give humans on a health journey shortcuts. Because right? people spend years in all three of those stages. You shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you. Right? Being the health guru, telling people what's right and wrong. Or saying, oh, I choose not to do that, thinking that they're somehow superior. Right? Or, or trying to make excuses. My doctor said not to, or whatever it is. But if we can just be at peace, because that is our essence, that is our, our true nature, is peace. Right? Happiness, sadness, none of that's real. The peace... Is, is our ultimate essence. This is a practice that brings our body to peace, brings our body to balance. And if we're coming from that state, then it's just like, no, thank you. You enjoy. You see, that's peaceful. And so it's this whole spectrum. That's the way in which I work. And um, I'm sure already you can start to feel that there's an essence in truth, of truth inside of this. And that's not like, I'm right and everyone's wrong. <laughs> it's this... I'm speaking to something, to this human experience that you've had. Right? Speaking to the experience that you have every day in your life. Because you eat three to five times a day, usually. And this is the greatest addiction that we as humans have ever known. Hmm? So to reroute that, we need to you know, not eat for a certain period of time. And so I know our next lecture is fasting, so I'll go, I'll go more toward the three Ps, as, <laughs> as it's been called. 
the poo prana, and what was the third P? Pain. And pain, of course. Uh, alas, though, I hope that this short introduction to the way in which I do the work has warmed you up a bit to how this is really a shift in perspective, a shift in the paradigm, and that's what works. Because if you still play the same record and the same track and you're looking through the same lenses, nothing will really ever change. Yeah, sometimes you'll lose a bunch of weight, but then you'll gain it two years later. Right? Sometimes you'll feel good for a year and then the next year you're on a bunch of medications. And so it's a massive paradigm shift that is empowering and it's a returning to yourself. It's not that I'm here and I'm giving you anything. There's no prescription of anything. This is you taking your health back into your own hands because it's been far too long that we've disempowered ourselves and given our health away to doctors as if we don't know anything, us who have lived in this body for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years or more. You do know. We just have to reconnect and listen. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah? Cool. So let's start with, that was a prana, that was prana more or less. It's that vitality. So that's the prana chapter is we're uncovering that. It's already there. It's nothing that you need. It is not in an energy shot drink bottle at all. Right? It's already there. We'll go to the poo next. <laughs> so pooping. This is something that I have expertise in, and it wasn't part of my introduction. I know, right? Pooping. Not <laughs> That's funny. I've never said it that way. <laughs> yes, I have expertise in pooping, but I also have expertise in other people pooping. <laughs> uh, I am actually called the poo guru. So... Uh, by some of my loving students and the reason that I have so much experience with pooping is because I've had a whole career as a colon hydrotherapist and so colon hydrotherapy is a washing out of the large intestine with water right and removal of waste so you might have heard of colonics you might have read oh colonics are dangerous and things like that it's very very common I have uh, lectures and if you're joining the retreat then we'll get more time to talk about it which is really good um, but I have other places that you can hear more about colonics. I'll just briefly say that in general, what we have uh, with the washing out of the large intestine, about 80% of them I don't recommend. If it comes from a machine, I don't recommend it. It's like having a garden hose up your bum. Yeah. What we do, what I do, what I practice in the clinics that I set up, and we're looking at integrating colon hydrotherapy into the veterinary practice, which is so exciting which means that all of you living here in Mumbai will have access to this incredible therapy right, for the rest of your lives. And I can't tell you, I work with clients all over the world and they leave me and they say, but where do I find this? And I say, sorry, you have to come visit me in Bali or you have to do this or that. So the fact that you'll have it here is incredible and I'm really excited about all of the work that the veterinary is doing. Um, through this practice of gravity colonics, it's also a rehabilitation of the bowel, right? So it, it re-strengthens the muscle and it's the deepest form of detoxification that you can give the body. You know, one session of Gravity Method, Woods Method colonics, Gravity Setup, Woods Method is the kind that I practice and I teach trainings on. One session, roughly equivalent to one year of your life in toxicity. And the truth of humanity today is that we're taking in way too many toxins and we're not really releasing it. And so this brings us into the second chapter of the lecture, poop. Human beings are meant to be pooping once per meal per day. So that should be news. Can I have some proud hands? Three poopers who poops once per meal per day. 
Yep, okay, two of you, fantastic. So that's a pretty good statistic. About 90% of the world is constipated. Yeah, and so don't, don't feel bad, right? This, is, this happens with all audiences that I give. But if you think about it, once per meal per day, something comes in, something goes out, just like babies, just like dogs, this is physics. <laughs> and yet, all of a sudden, we, we have so much coming in. We already talked about our massive addiction to food, the whole idea of three square meals a day. Where did that come from? When we were living in the wild, and a lot of the work I do as an evolutionary anthropologist is going back two to three million years in time and looking at actually how did we evolve? Where did we evolve from? What do we, how are we meant to be living? The modern medicines, and I do call them modern medicines of Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, they're modern because they're five, six thousand years old, which is very small frame in terms of the three million years that I look at in that evolutionary anthropology. What those teach us, the wisdom of Ayurveda, or the wisdom of Chinese medicine, or Siddha medicine, whatever it is, or Tibetan medicine, that's a fantastic medicinal system that hopefully is starting to be more popular today. Yeah? These, in and of themselves, they, God is calling. <laughs> they, they are systems that teach us how to live as humans in civilization. Does that make sense? It's like we're in this city. How, how do we deal with that? Which is super helpful. But it's very different than, than the work that I do. So to just separate that and understand that from, from the standpoint. Um, okay, so where was I? I suppose we were talking about poo. <laughs> with this massive constipation, it's not only through the bowels. It's also a constipation through the skin. It's also a constipation through the fluid channels in the body. And a lot of the constipation comes from the fact that most humans today are incredibly dehydrated. So, I, I don't only give bad news, I also give good news and I give some instructions right, on how to make experiments in your body. And that's mostly the, the way in which I work, is I'll give you the parameters for experimentation. Because what I teach, I say, don't believe me, verify me. Belief, it rests in the mind. This, as we talked about already, it won't get you very far. But if you have the experience yourself and you do it yourself, right, all of a sudden, that's undeniable to you because it was your experience. And so I give parameters for experimentation so that you can best understand really how to live in this body, how to live in this life, right? You're reading the interactive user manual for life and as, as Harsh passionately talks about, your body and your health is number one because that's what allows you, that's what gives you the platform to do whatever else you want to do in life. Because if you don't feel good, if you're not resonating, if you're not on a high vibrating frequency, then what good are you? Right? It's just this misery, this monotony of waking up every morning and pounding down your coffee, eating a bunch of breakfast, going to work, making sure that you get some you know, dopamine-releasing foods, like high-fat foods that you're going to have at lunch, and then going back to work, getting really tired at 3 p.m. So having another cup of coffee or tea, tea chai, right? And then going back, finishing work at 5, 6, 7, 8, who knows? Right? And then going home and preparing things, having all this stress, all these things to do, only to go to sleep wake up the next day and do it all over again. This isn't life. Now imagine if you had the same responsibilities, right? because we do have responsibilities in the world, 
today. And that's, I mean, if you look at the word responsibility, it's the ability to respond, which is pretty awesome. We are so much more responsive than really, I think, any species throughout all time has ever been. And this has to do with the development of the neofrontal cortex of our brain, the front part of our brain that allows us to live this human life of intelligence and emotion and all, all of this. We're much more perceptive and thus we're more responsible, able to respond. So the responsibilities won't go anywhere. But if you come to me with 10 responsibilities and I feel not so good, it's going to seem like a much heavier weight than if I feel like I do and you come to me with 10 responsibilities. Don't. <laughs> and I say, okay, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Yes, let's live life. Yes. And so this essentially, this reprogramming of this physical being and our connection to it, our perception of it, is the number one thing that we can do to living a more fulfilled life. Finish soundbite, right? That's, it's, that's, like, that's the end of the story. It's, it's that simple. And so, I mean, I could say, I mean, it's funny because I, I refuse to sell things. I don't sell things. Right? I, I, I sell education. Right? I sell empowerment. But if I were here and I were selling you something and I was saying, this machine will change your life. It's a vegetable chopper. Right? It's going to chop all your vegetables. It'll save you a, munch, a bunch of time. Right? You need this in your life. You, you might be convinced and you'll say, okay, I'm going to get a vegetable chopper. And then you might buy it and never use it. Anyone do that? <laughs> yeah. But what I'm talking about here is the essence of everything. This is, this is the most important thing that there could ever be. I mean, love, family, these things might be a little more important. Right? But still, you can't experience love or family if you're not feeling well. And with the trajectory of where humanity is going today, it's like, okay, you got maybe 10 more years of feeling well, depending upon what age you are, and then things will slowly decline forever until you leave this human body. Right? And so if that is the path that you want to take, and, and you can resonate in tons of peace and love in that, then I support you fully. Otherwise, <laughs> right? it's time to wake up. Hey, people. Right, let's learn. Right living. Mm -hmm. And pooping is a huge part of that. <laughs> okay, we can talk about that in, in a second. Maybe if we, if we save it for the questions at the end. Because I want you to poop naturally before doing an enema. And so the good news that I promised to give you is a list that I always give out. It's how to poop more. And so for those of you taking notes, you can write that list. It's a great title for a list, right? How to poop more. So number one is hydration. Undeniably, hydration. Hmm? Most of us are walking around dehydrated, especially in air conditioning and, and things like this, especially uh, eating salty food, fried food, right? dried food, overly cooked food, especially drinking chai, coffee, things like this, alcohol. Incredibly dehydrated, and so we're meant. Yeah, this is where everyone drinks. <laughs> I love it. There's some water over here if you'd like. Ask, ask to pass it down. Uh, with this, we're meant to be drinking three liters, more or less, proportional to your body, per day, because that's the amount of water that the human body loses 
simply by waking up in the morning. Uses and loses through the skin breathing, through uh, the breath itself, right? Through urination, through defecation, through the inner metabolic processes. So who drinks three liters on an empty stomach? <laughs> yeah, so maybe you, you, you have your food and you're like, oh, this food's so salty. Mm. This food's so dry. So that water then is just going to rehydrate the food. It's not actually processed through the body as water. So does that mean that no one drinks three liters of water a day? I drink four liters. Yeah. So this is one of the most fundamental practices that we can have. Like this is maybe where we could have started because your human body is made of 60 to 90% water. That's more than mostly water. And so if that water is stagnant, and I'll give this example. This is an example that I've been using all over the world for the past year, and I'm sure that it will hit home. Mother Ganga, right? the Ganges River, as she flows up in Rishikesh where I was, right? it's beautiful. And yet you get to places like Varanasi. <laughs> and how does it look? So what's the difference besides all of the offerings of bodies? What's the, what's the difference? Flowing and stagnant, exactly. You see that? When there's constant flow, the water is clear, it's beautiful, it's crisp, it's energized. When it's stagnant, it's not flowing through. It results in not such a pleasant environment. And so your body is the Ganga. And this perhaps makes more sense for me to say in India than any other country. But this, this holy essence that's inside of you is either stagnant or flowing. And that is either deciding whether it's a ripe place for disease to proliferate or a place where there's renourishment, right? flow, health, and anything that's unwanted, any toxicity to flow out. And so this is fundamental. Number one, water. And during the retreat, we can talk about which kinds of water we're supposed to be drinking and all of this, because it's not just as simple as water. But in general, three liters. And I recommend uh, a liter to a liter and a half of that in the morning, before you even think about breakfast. And that's not gulp, 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 gulp. Every few minutes, take a sip. And there are other practices like this that, that I give to my clients to empower them, right? Just to create new habits because we have habits, create new habits that are going to support the flow. Yeah. So number two, way to poop more. And just to give you an image before we move on actually about hydration, if you can imagine a rubber tube and a rock inside, it's, it's difficult to move the rock down the tube. Now imagine you pour a bunch of water in, right? it'll flow out. Yeah, so that tube is your colon, your large intestine. The rock is your poo, although I hope your poo is not as hard as a rock. Right? And with hydration, things move through. Simple? Yeah. Simple. All right, number two way to poop more is the position that we're in, malasan, the yogic squat, squatting. And you know this because in India, traditionally, we did not have white porcelain thrones. Yeah, this is physiologically the position that our body is supposed to be in. And I think we have scheduled uh, during the retreat, I'm giving a whole lecture on the digestive system. And so I'll talk much more about the anatomy and why it's supposed to be that way. But squatting is necessary for pooping. And so you can pull over a rubbish bin, put your feet on it, 
have a squatter toilet. Yeah, find a way to make it work because it's of the utmost importance yeah, that we're in a squatting position to have a full elimination. Number three way to poop more. And this is really the kicker, and this is what a lot of clients have come back and said, you know, I've never heard anyone else say that, but that's what made the difference. Give yourself time. Make time. Go to the toilet when you don't even think you have to and squat there. Make sure you're hydrated. Get out your phone. Get your mind off of things. All right? When the mind leaves, the body knows exactly what to do. And so that elimination process can happen. Other things I would add to this list would be probiotics, which we'll talk a lot about uh, during the course and also in the third lecture tonight. I'll be talking a little bit about the microbiome. And then any kind of abdominal exercise would be number five. So as we strengthen the four layers of abdominal tissue, it will also help to really rehabilitate the atrophy or the tiredness of the muscle of the colon. Hmm? All right. So... That's a little bit about poop, but that, that, that beautiful articulation that you made about flow versus stagnation, this is the essence of health, and it's so obvious. How do we not know that? Right? Because it's like what I brought up at the beginning. We only look at each other as this outside. How, how often do we look deeply into someone, whether that's on a physiological level or on a soul level? We just, it's all about the outside appearance in the modern world, especially in a big city like Mumbai. And so when we say, okay, there's more than the outside appearance going on, we can start to see the movement inside. And, and it's not about stagnation and plastic perfection. Yeah? It's about movement, this flow. And so this is a great time, everyone. Stand up. Movement and flow. I want you to shake your hands, shake your hands, shake your hands, shake your head. Shake your head, shake your hands, shake your head, shake your hands, shake your hips, shake your hips, shake your head, shake your hands. Now don't, don't really restrain yourself. It's okay if you brush your neighbor. It's okay. Shake your head, hips, hands, bum. Shake your bum, no one's looking. Shake one foot, shake the other foot. Shake, 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 shake. Keep going, keep going. More, more, more. Harder, 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 harder. Breathe. I have to talk and breathe. Do it more, more, more. Shoulders, bum, hips, neck, head. Don't throw out your neck, though. Okay, now stand in stillness. Close your eyes. Face your hands toward one another. Experience fully what you're experiencing in your body right now. Perhaps you can perceive an awareness between the palms of your hands facing one another as if you were holding an imaginary ball. It's not so imaginary. It's prana, life force energy. Right here. You can softly undulate, move your hands in and out, closer together, farther away. With a sensitive awareness, this is life force energy itself. This is what we're here to uncover. And notice what the mind is saying, or if it's speaking at all. Notice if you're on an inhale or an exhale.
Take a breath up into the center of your chest and have an internal experience of this area that we call the heart, both physically and energetically. Keep the breath there. Know that everything is okay and that you have everything you could ever need. That this is a process of uncovering, not discovering. When you're ready, allow your hands to touch the center of the chest. Give yourself a little bow. And gratitude for just showing up this morning, for coming here, for listening this far, for believing in yourself. And gratitude and acknowledgement of this aliveness which gushes through your veins. Slowly, whenever you're ready, you're welcome to sit down. Please help yourselves with some water, yeah? So, how do you feel? Anyone feel different? No one? Slightly energized, yeah. So this, this fluctuation, if you will, between stillness and movement, yeah. this encouragement of the flow is what really allows us to experience our aliveness. Right? And that balance between the stagnation and the activation is where we find the peace. Yeah. And so, I mean, Again, everything I do is either giving you paradigm ex for experiment or, or practices, right? but that was, I don't know, one minute. <laughs> Imagine if every half hour in your day you had an alarm, just like that. The alarm goes off, right? and you get up and you do that. Right? You can go to the bathroom, do it in a bathroom stall in case you're oh, worried about people seeing you. Think how just that would change your life. And so we have so much power, we just we sit around all day on the couch and worry about problems that aren't real. <laughs> yeah? So simple, simple, simple practices, simple techniques. Hmm? All right. And then I know, of course, the actually doing them. There are lots of apps and different things that I can point to you. Um, I'm starting an online community where people all over the world who are starting to wake up to their health can come together and remind each other, right? And inspire each other. And so it's, it's definitely doable, something that you can bring into your life, yeah? All right, so prana, poo, and pain. Wah, wah, we come to the last one. What is pain? How do we perceive pain? Why does pain exist in our life? How can we reroute it, all right? Well, I am a very, very, very strong I want to say understander rather than believer. Is that fair? <laughs> I'm a strong understander because it's not a matter of belief. It's a matter of experience in psychosomatic illness. Now, what is that? Psycho? Yeah, has to do with your mind, your perception. Soma, that's the experience. The experience you have, the feeling you have in your body coming from the mind psychosomatic experiencing 
is something in the mind is creating a manifestation of some pain in the body. And when you go deep into this study, you can start to really make sense of why you've experienced what you have throughout your life. For example, knee problems. They're, they're parsed down to humility, a need for being more humble. Right? Get down on your knees. Thank someone. Right? Acknowledge grace in yourself and others. Yeah? Um, any wrist problems could have to do with a resistance to maybe signing something away, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I had, uh, this is, because I've been working with psychosomatic illness for years and studying it for years, and yet I think I was tipped over the edge in uh, December when I had an experience, of course, of my own. Because it's very rare that I'll ever have pain in my body. And so when it comes, it's like, okay, why is this here and how can I figure it out? And so I was having a shoulder problem and it, it very well could have been traced back uh, to an Ashtanga teacher who had done an adjustment on me too firmly. So I could have, you know, stayed in the mind level and on the physical level and said, oh, that's why I have this. But I mean, it was like two months later <laughs> and I still had it. And so why was that shoulder problem there? Well, this was during December, a time where I was making a lot of life changes. Yeah, changes in my own personal life where I said, I don't know if I can do this, you know, that kind of feeling, or is this really what I want, or I have so much to do. Does anyone ever feel like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the illustration that we can make of that is like you're holding the whole world on your shoulders. And so what did I do? I drastically changed my life. A lot of my responsibilities, I said, I will not do those anymore. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. Right? And what happened? Within a day, no pain. <laughs> and it was that, that much, that fast of a switch that now I'm no longer a believer, but rather an understander. <laughs> I made that word up. I don't think it's in the dictionary. So this has so many ramifications for how we experience pain in our lives. Essentially, uh, I, I focus primarily on the physiology. And this is in my teaching. Right, in terms of hydration, right, this could have to do with the urinary tract as well as the circulatory system, those parts of the physiology with hydration. But also in my teaching of yoga, and, and I teach yoga teacher trainings, really looking at physiology and the physiological effects of the yogic practices, that's the frontier of modern yoga. And when we take this in our lives seriously and we look at our own physiology, that's like the master key to rerouting what we're experiencing and how we're experiencing it every day. And so on the level of pain, this is looking at the physiological system, the nervous system, you know, the nervous system, all the, the nerves, the brain, the spinal cord, and the branching out to the periphery throughout the entire body. That's how you experience pain on a physical level. Yeah? So maybe you cut my finger. Okay? Immediately all of those surface level nerves are going to send a signal up through my arm into the spine, from the spine through the spinal cord, and my brain will process pain, finger, ow. <gasps> Have you had that experience? <laughs> all right, we're all on the same page of pain. Okay, well, the practice of yoga, of course, is in essence meditation. And if we can take a meditative look, my finger cuts. I get that response of pain that gets my attention. Sometimes when you're really good at it, it doesn't even respond as pain anymore. 
But then I say, oh, I'm experiencing pain in my finger. Right? We distance ourselves from the experience itself, and we can come to witness it. Well, that's step one in, in rerouting pain, witnessing it, not being a victim to it, but rather seeing it from a bigger picture. But then secondarily, there are other practices that we can use, like yoga nidra. And we will be doing yoga nidra during the three-day retreat to reroute right, the pain, to change the signaling into the central nervous system, right, to actually empower you and yourself to heal in a different way. And so if that work is done at the same time as the psychosomatic work is done, and I do a lot of, really, the shift in worldview is what releases everything. I also uh, I work with Western astrology. So it's different than Vedic astrology. Vedic astrology is very powerful, but it's more on predictive. And you're going to have seven husbands. And I mean, actually, no, not seven husbands. But maybe you'll have seven children. <laughs> oh, I've misspoken. <laughs> seven children and you have a big house and you'll be very wealthy and all of this and you should wear a few gemstones and you know that kind of predictive astrology that's not what I do I do more um, in in this human lifetime who are you who are you here to become in terms of the influences yeah. and so for example my sole purpose with Western astrology is Leo the lion right and so I'm meant to be here with crowds of people being the open-hearted loving leader and when that's affirmed Right? When you're on your path, those responsibilities and the things on your shoulder, it's so much clearer to say, okay, that's mine, that's not mine. <laughs> Get rid of that one. Yeah, it's, it's a discovering of who we are. Yeah, clarity, exactly. Because the thing is that we've held ourselves to some non-existing perfect form of human. And it's different in India than it is in Indonesia, that it is in the United States, that it is in France. Right? This perfect form of human is tailored to wherever it is in the world. And that human simply doesn't exist, and yet we're always comparing ourselves <laughs> to them, this societal expectation of what's right and wrong and acceptable and unacceptable. And yet when we can just take a step back, take a breath, take a breath, and realize who we are, it's magical. And that in and of itself can unlock the psychosomatic programming, it releases us of that which we're not meant to be. Right? It makes you okay to be you. It's so important that it's okay to be you. And so when we look at pain, right, of course it comes from so many different angles. It can come from something outside injuring us or damaging us, but we have the choice then, just like with anything in our life, to take some distance and decide how we respond. If it's that meditative awareness, or if it's the reaction of, oh, my finger! <laughs> and then from there, we can use practices to reroute or re-understand or re-perceive the pain, like yoga nidra, along with many others. There's the practice of somatics, which is incredible. And we'll do all of this during the three days, so that you have more of an experience rather than the mental understanding. And then from there, if we can just, from day one, understand who we are and who we're meant to be in this world and realize that it's okay to be us. Yeah. And, and be encouraged to be us, right? I'm loud, if you can't tell. I'm loud and I'm fiery. That's because my Venus, who I am as a woman, is an Aries. <laughs> and so if I'm, if I'm quiet and I'm pretending to be all peaceful and whatever, there are times where I'm definitely like that. But if I hold myself in, 
that will produce disease. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, I love you guys. So I got the sign from Harsh at a very, we're perfect on time. I'd like to open it up to questions and we'll take your enema question first, yeah? So enemas, enemas, you're familiar with enemas. In India, people know enemas because of Ayurveda. Um, in Ayurveda, you, you normally do more of an oil enema. In natural medicine, which is what I practice, or, or rather health, it's not necessarily a medicine, it's just right living, uh, we only use water. Right? So it's filling up maybe a bag that's a liter, maybe a liter and a half, with yeah, body temperature water, warm water, and it goes, it flows into the body. It's hung about one meter above the, wherever you're laying down, right? and it flows gently into the body. It's, it's definitely an experience because you get to have water come in from a way that it doesn't normally come in, right? But what it does more than anything is awakens the nerves in the colon, the large intestine. You have more than 300 million nerves in your large intestine alone. That's the second number of nerve endings anywhere in the body, second to the brain. This is why the colon is often called the second brain. And so doing an enema itself can start to revitalize this relationship with this hugely important area of the body. And so as the water goes in, you start to have certain sensations, which are new sensations, it's magical, and then eventually out comes waste. This is the enema. Make it simple, water in, waste out. And a lot of people are not, <laughs> they can't believe what's come out of their body because they thought they were so clean because they were only looking at the outside. Right? When, trust me, like we were talking last night, and I'll be, if you haven't noticed, I'm very frank, I'm very honest, I'm very transparent. I do long fasting, and so like last summer I did a 47-day fast. Right? And there I was on day, I don't know, day like 42, 43, 44, and I was giving myself colon hydrotherapy. I treat myself. And through the tube, what did I see? Black coming out. Streams of black. And that's me, who's been cleansing at a cellular level for 10 years. Right, who lives a very, very healthy lifestyle, and yet still that deep into a fast, there's that much coming out. And so we all have so much toxicity to unload that it's not like, oh, I do an enema and I'm, I'm all clean. Right? May that idea of I'm all clean continuously rise. May you constantly, for the rest of your life, wake up every day younger than when you went to sleep the night before. May you constantly discover new levels of health and feeling better, more vital than you ever have before. That's my greatest wish for you. Right? Because what you think is healthy right now, what we're about to do is burst that out of the water. <laughs> right? As we gain and, and have these experiences of new, new vitality and new ways to be. Hmm? Does that answer your question? Okay. What else? Other questions? Yes. Mm. on any kind of gravity system. Okay. So there's no, there's no machine. It's actually, it's called a high enema. So just like an enema, it's one meter above. Yeah. The gravity system is a tank that's roughly uh, like a third of a meter above the table. And this is a very simple setup. It's, it's how everything was set up all throughout the 1800s. Your nurse was a woman with a bucket and a tube. She was a colon hydrotherapist. Right? And this is the traditional way of doing it. And what I didn't tell you last night is that when colonics came back, after the 1930s, 
all of this was swept under the rug right? because we have medication that you can now buy and I can make money off of. Yeah. Not me, but other people. <laughs> right? And you can't make money off of water, at least yet. And so with that, all of the colon cleansing, whether it was enemas, right? I remember my grandfather had an enema bag in the bathroom. Right? Most of you will remember your parents, your grandparents having that, but that's not common today. Right? Because what's common today is the over-the-counter medication or the laxative. God is calling again, which isn't the same thing at all. Hmm? And so in the 1980s, when colon cleansing came back in style, it came back with the spirit of capitalism. Right? With you have to buy this machine that costs you $10,000 or $15,000. Right? We're going to make all these regulations. Does that make sense? So that's why I don't recommend the machines. Um, they're, when you understand the therapy, um, it's so much more tactile, hands-on, sensitive. It needs a human there to respond to the human body. It's not a procedure, it's a therapy. And so on the gravity setup, I recommend uh, the Woods method, which is not, it's like 2% of all available colonics in the world are the Woods method. And so this is why last year I've started to teach trainings, because before that it was only my teacher in Florida in the United States. She's the only one in the world who teaches this. And so now I'm going to take on the torch and going all over the world and teaching it because it's, it's, if you take one hour of your life and you choose to do something that's going to have such a drastic impact upon your health, unless it's something with the psychosoma, right, there is nothing on a physical level that is more effective than this in terms of the amount of waste that can be removed because what happens when that waste is removed is that then the body fills it up again, right, the cells continue to detoxify as it gets more and more clean. So yeah, so you guys soon, hopefully, I don't know when we'll be able to set it up, but we can set up some colonics and that it's, it's like you've hit a gold mine in, in the realm of health. Yes, did you have a question? No? All right, back here. For colonics or fasting? Yes, so definitely, definitely. Um, there are contraindications if there's any kind of organ failure. If you've had any recent surgeries within the past six months, if you're pregnant, um, which you're not pregnant, right? <laughs> um, and then, of course, if there's any kind of surgery that was done on the colon, it would be a case-by-case -case basis, and so someone could come and ask. Uh, but for, I mean, for your common diet and lifestyle-related diseases, if that's an imbalance in the cardiovascular system, high blood pressure, um, if that's really even an eating disorder, anything like that, it's okay. It's, it's helpful. Yeah, I mean, thankfully IBS is, it's a neurological disorder of the colon, so it's here. IBS is mostly stress, but yeah, for sure. Yes, so we have to look at, uh, we have to look at what medication the person's on. We have to look at all of this. Normally for normal colonics with UC, we would say no. Um, that's like the machine-based colonic, but I, I have given uh, clients with ulcerative colitis colonics with great success, only if it's done with massive lifestyle change. And um, all of these diseases that you've mentioned, it's able to be healed, right? It's only if you take that statement of you're sick and you're sick for the rest of your life and you take that and you allow it to permeate through your cells and you believe it and you buy into it every day, 
and you say, I'm going to have to take this medication every day, only then is it permanent. Otherwise, disease is a state of being. Everything in the world is in flow. Right? The disease comes, the disease goes. The disease is not who you are. The disease is not something you have. Right? You can't possess it. It comes, it goes. It's constant flow. And uh, what, what we practice, all of the people, the vetery, what I practice all over the world, is this understanding that health is actually what's permanent. Totally. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm very intense, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so the programs that I have are intensive. Um, it's not you come, you pick up your juice, you say hi to a few people, we give a hug, we do a yoga class, and you leave. It's a reshaping of the way in which you look at the world. And so what I've created, and I've never done such an intensive program in three days. Normally, I have a whole week. but. With, with Harsh, we worked out a way to give you really the best of the best within the shortest amount of time possible. And so it is in the morning every day to the evening every day. And what this does more than anything is it keeps you distracted from food and your normal life. Right? So all of the normal challenges that you would have, because you're not coming to Bali and doing a, a fasting retreat with me, right? Let's be real. You're going to go home and sleep at night. And so you'll have normal challenges. So the fact that we're here all day in the morning from 8 a.m., to roughly 8, 8.30 p.m. means that you'll be taken out of your life. It's, it's like this magical city retreat opportunity. And with that, um, in the morning, we'll have asana, we'll have yoga class, we'll have meditation, we'll have pranayama, all of these practices. And, and the way in which I teach, just like the shaking thing, it's, so that it's not just a class that you experience once and then you leave and you're like, hey, that was cool. It's teaching you tools that you can then continue to use every day in your life. After that, in the morning, we'll have some kind of lecture. So at a time like this, where we're, we're talking, we're learning, we also have physical check-ins, uh, where everyone hears how everyone else is feeling, right? And what's going on. Like, I, I feel like today I have a headache, which is, it happens sometimes, right? And it comes and it goes, and my job as the doctor is to empower you to figure out how to make it go sooner. Yeah. From there, um, there's a midday break where it's so important. And it's, it's only really like a three-hour break, which is much shorter than the breaks I normally give a five-hour break for the, the week-long retreat. So this is three hours where you need to just take care of yourself. A lot of the time, you need to be quiet, right? because there's so much of this kind of stuff during the retreat and group work and sharing. You need to take time to reflect, to breathe. Um, I would highly recommend that you get massages. And we've worked out with the hotel that anyone in the retreat is getting a percentage discount at the spa, which is exciting. And we do have also access to the spa as well as the pool and the entire complex to relax. And I went up there this morning and we looked at the, the relaxation room in, in the, the spa, and I'm like, okay, I want to sleep here. <laughs> it's so peaceful. So I, I would show you how to go in there and, and put your legs up and just you rest for an hour. Right? I can give you even an audio to listen to. You can go swimming in the pool, lay in the sun, do anything like that that you would want during those three hours. Really nourish yourself. We come back. Um, in this retreat, we've designed it also that you have four juices a day, which is a lot. In my normal retreats, people only get two. 
so you won't have this feeling of I'm hungry or I need something. It's you feel like you're taken care of. I mean, every single retreat I run, we get to day one, the end of day one, people are like, I can't believe I'm not hungry, right? We get to day two, I can't believe I'm not hungry, right? And there I am on day 47 of a fast, and I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be hungry, right? We have a massive misunderstanding about hunger, but that we'll talk about in the 5.30 lecture. And then we come back in the evening uh, at the end of the retreat, and or at the end of the day, We'll come back together around 3.15 for another juice. Around 3.30, we'll have a lecture. And then we'll have some practice, whether that's yin yoga or whether that's yoga nidra. Um, really therapeutic practices for the body. So the program's perfectly balanced between the mind and the body and then the spirit, right? the gathering. Because after the evening's lecture and practice, we'll have an evening check-in, which is much more on kind of like an... I don't want to say emotional level because that has a negative connotation, but a level of what's real for me right now. When I hold circle with people, that's what we look at. And that's so tender to, to get to be honest and say this is what I'm experiencing right now in, our, in my human experience. Because again, what do we do as humans? We go around hiding it and pretending we're someone. When indeed there's so much that's going on for all of us at any moment in time. And so to connect with someone on that level is one of the most beautiful things you could ever do. And at the end of, of a retreat, people feel like family, right? They came in like strangers and they leave feeling like they're family because you've gone through this incredible process together. And you've had this experience of, of really, it's, it's like a recalibration on your life. It's not just this thing you're doing. It's this thing that's doing you in a way. And then by the time you leave, right, 8, 8.30, uh, you go home and you're going to want to be sleeping by 9.30, 10. And so there's no time for social media or this kind of whatever takes your normal time. This is really a retreat. It's, a, it's the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. And I, it's beautiful because I have a lot of people who buy it for their parents for a birthday or, or they buy it for themselves for their birthday. And it's they leave saying that. It's not my phrase, it's the greatest gift, that's what they tell me. Like, there's nothing else I could have done that's better for my existence. And so, it's held, yeah? I'm here to hold you on all levels. Um, and we'll hold each other too, that's the beauty of doing it in a group. <laughs> Does that yeah. answer? Yeah. Does anyone else have any questions about the specifics? We designed the juices this morning, and uh, I'm really excited about them as well. But thats it's such a small part of the program, as you see now. It's not like, it's, it's so much more that's, that's happening. Your evening lectures, are they going to be the same, or are you talking about something? No, they're different. They're different. And um, depending upon the size of the group, and depending upon what you guys want, I'm super flexible. So if there's a specific topic, um, we, can, we can craft it, you know? But they're, they're different than these three today, for sure. Yeah. So the retreat starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, we start tomorrow morning. Yeah. And that was the intention, was that it was over the weekend. And even for people who work, Colin's sick. Right? Colin healthy. <laughs> I love it. Colin healthy. I'm going to make that a phrase. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, you can come back at 5.30 or 7.30. Um, 
I'll probably, just because if it's a new crowd, because people who work will be coming then, I'll go over some of the same stuff, but when I talk, it's never exactly the same. And then we'll have a different topic to go into. So you're welcome to come to those as well. Uh, I would love to spend more time with all of you. You've really been a beautiful group. Thank you for permitting me to come in in my informality and my, <laughs> my giggles and everything. It's been beautiful to, to spend this time with all of you. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you. Say goodbye to your neighbor before you leave, the one that you met when you came in. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Vitality Podcast. Please click over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review to spread this work with the world. You have a part in transforming humanity's health. Keep enjoying this free resource and make sure to give back by sharing, subscribing, and checking out all of Andrea's work at liveforvitality.com, where you can find links to Instagram and other social media. Andrea also gives astrology readings, holds online fasting retreats, and teaches detox courses and advanced yoga teacher trainings. So come to liveforvitality.com and let Andrea transform your life now.